0: Have you ever heard the statement, finish this for me, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will, right, yeah, you don't even believe that, we use that to kind of create resiliency in our children, right, like don't let it bother you, but the truth of the matter is that bruises heal up after a few days, but words can have a negative impact and can crush your spirit and change the direction of your life. But at the same token, they can change your life for the better. I mean, words have the capacity to change your life for the better. I've seen words ruin friendships and hurt relationships and harm marriages. I've, I've seen families torn apart because of words. I've seen discord Spread among a group of believers because we couldn't keep our mouths shut. Some people just need a filter, right? Some of you need a cork. Just duct tape it. Just don't say anything. I've seen words create so much toxicity in a group or an environment that it's almost irreparable. I think that words qualify or have the potential to qualify for this toxic series, don't you? Because I can't think of anything potentially more toxic to our hearts than words. So if our definition of toxicity is anything containing poisonous material capable of causing serious sickness or death, then I think that words qualify. Words that Or phrases that would crush someone's spirit. See if if these would would do this for you. Did you mean to do that to your hair? Now every husband just cringed just a little bit. Right? Because you know what the ramifications of that are. Why aren't you married yet? Well, I didn't mean anything. Bob, just asking a question. But you don't realize what... Where that goes, those are words and phrases that crush somebody's spirit. How come you can't be like your brother? I hate you. I never really loved you. You're pathetic. You're never gonna amount to anything. You're such a disappointment. And I learned this morning, honey, the words are on the screen, is also a spirit crusher. I was just reminding my wife that she doesn't have to ooh, that the words are on the screen. But apparently that's a spirit crusher as well, so note to self. And sometimes she's, she's okay with just making up her own words to the songs, even though the words are up here on the screen. <laughs> it's her world, and she makes the rules. So, yeah, I'm not sure Jesus even knows what you're saying sometimes, baby. Oh, so words that crush the spirit. Yeah, um, <laughs> words that, uh, words and phrases that give life would be something like this. Maybe, hey, I believe in you. I'm proud of you. I truly believe that you can do it. I'd marry you all over again. I'd marry you all over again. Honestly, I would have done it sooner. That's the truth. I wouldn't have waited two years. I would have married her sooner. You're amazing. These are words that breathe life into an individual. So here's the truth. Proverbs eighteen twenty one. Proverbs is such a great book. I cannot stress it enough. There are 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs. Wouldn't it be great if you just read one chapter a day for whatever day of the month you're reading? Because what Solomon did was, these are not all original to Solomon, but he collected a lot of really wise sayings. And he put them into the book of Proverbs. And and he did some, Rehoboam did some, but you have this incredible book of wisdom called Proverbs. And here he is in chapter 18, in verse 21, he says this, and think about the ramifications of this verse. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. That is powerful. We, we, we would think that what we say doesn't have that big of an influence. But let me tell you, you, it's like the rudder of a ship. There's a whole chapter in the book of James that discusses the tongue and the power that the tongue has. Our words can bring life or they can bring death. Our words are either helping or they're hurting. They're either building up or they're tearing down. They're either healing or they are crushing. There's not a lot of room for neutrality here. Very little of what you said just kind of goes off into the wind somewhere. Most everything you say is doing one or the other. It's either breathing life or it's causing death in somebody in a relationship. Solomon put this together in Proverbs chapter 12. He said this. He says, there is that speaks like the piercings of a sword. Can you identify with that? Their words cut like a what? Knife. Very little effort to cut with a knife, but the damage that's done takes weeks and months to heal, right? There is that speaks like the piercings of a sword. And then he says this, but the tongue of the wise is health. In other words, it it heals. It's curative. So there you you go again. The words that you say can either cut like a knife and do damage, or they can be healing to somebody. say, Eric, I just can't. I can't help it. That's just what I'm thinking. And I, I am an incredibly transparent individual. Like, I, 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 I cannot say something that I don't really believe. It's, and it's not always a good thing. Because, like, I, I, don't, I don't compliment a lot and I don't, because, and the, because I have to like really believe in my heart, right? So, so I get it. If, you are, if you're kind of one of those folks that just tends to say negative things all the time because that's what you believe, like you can't, you can't compliment somebody because you really don't think that about them. You can't really, you, you, so, I, so I, I understand, but it's hard for you to say the right thing. So you just don't say anything at all? But remember this, that 80% of communication is nonverbal, and sometimes you don't even have to say anything, and they still get the message. So what's the solution then? Well, I'm not, I'm not, I can't give you everything, but I do know this, that if we have a hard time thinking well of others and, and, and breathing life into them through the words that we use because we don't want to be a hypocrite, maybe the problem is not them, maybe it's you. Maybe it's the fact that there's nothing good on the inside of you to come out to help them. I mean, think about this. God knows everything about you. And he breathes life into your life. So it's not a matter of whether your spouse is perfect. It's not a matter of whether or not your coworker is doing everything perfectly in the job. Maybe the matter is that you don't see them the way God sees them. Let me show you this verse that Jesus said in, in the book of Luke. He said this in, 6, in 645. And this is really big stuff here. A good man... Out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth that which is good. Eric, I just can't think of anything good to say. A good man, out of the good treasures of his heart, brings forth that which is good. All right, consequently, an evil man, out of the evil treasures of his heart, brings forth that which is evil. Eric, I can't think of anything good to say. Okay, an evil man (laughs) out of the evil treasures of his heart. Can't think of anything good to say. And then he says, for out of the abundance of the the heart, the mouth speaks. So my my encouragement to you there is this. If, If you are one of those kind of folks that has difficulty using your words to help people, and using your words to minister grace and using your words to be life giving, partnering with God to breathe life into somebody, maybe we need to work on our heart and see people the way God does. And that's not to say other people don't need to change. This is really heavy stuff, isn't it? Like, I feel it. Maybe, I'm not saying that they don't need to change. I'm just saying that you are maybe not the instrument of that change. Because if you look on your history, have the words that you have chosen to say that have crushed them had the desired effect? Like, has has he become more like his brother? Have they succeeded like you are trying to get them to do by the words that you have tried to say? So, if you don't have a real good history of using your words to minister grace and to partner with God to breathe life into somebody, then maybe we need to change our tactics a little bit. Have you ever heard of positive reinforcement? Like the things that you compliment and the things that you you reinforce like that would actually produce more of that behavior? So let's 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 get some words of wisdom here. Let me give you a couple things here. First of all, you you need to guard your heart against toxic words. Now here's here's where I don't I don't want you to feel like you're helpless. When people say something to you or about your family or about you and you just feel like it's crushed your spirit, let me just There's not a lot that you can do about what other people say other than, you know, avoid negative people, which kind of goes back to what we were talking about, right, relationships and walking away and all of that. But there is little that you can do to stop people from saying something to you, but you can guard your heart. You can't control what others say, but you can control what you believe about what others say. And there's there's a big difference there. Like, I cannot I can't keep you from saying something negative about me to me or to somebody else. But I can do something about whether I believe what you're saying about me. Does that make sense? It's like, and that's not easy to do. Because we get so much of our value and our self-worth from what other people believe about us. And so we want people to say something nice about us and to us so we feel better about ourselves because it's so important what our horizontal relationships are all about and what they feel towards us. But what we need to do is realize that's not really the truth about what God believes about me. So what you're saying is not true. And yet we give them so much weight and we just we take so much of what people say and we internalize that And it affects us so negatively, but there is something we can do about what people say about us, and that's guard our heart. And don't believe what they say, believe what God says about us. Keep the poison out of your heart. So again, book of Proverbs chapter four, you have Solomon lecturing his son, And I'm going to read a few verses before we get to verse 23 here, because we've used this verse several times in this series so far. But I want to kind of back up a few verses, and I want to read these to you, starting with verse 20. And this is Solomon, picture him sitting across the table from his son. I don't know if they had coffee back then, but that's how I picture this, right? He says, This, my son, attend to my words. Incline your ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes and keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life unto those that find them in health to their flesh. So he's laying the groundwork here. What I'm about to tell you is incredibly important, son. I need your full attention. And then he says this, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. That word keep is the word guard, like building a fence around. You can't just let everything in. You can't just internalize everything, and just because they say it doesn't mean it's true. And just because they say it doesn't mean that's what God thinks. Listen, truth is not what somebody else says. Truth is what God knows. You are not who others say you are. You are who God says you are. We need to know what the difference between truth is, what God says we are, and what a lie is, what Satan says we are. So guard your heart against toxic words. Second of all, speak life-giving words to others every chance you get. Man, this is what excites me. So we are so focused on what other people think about us and what other people are saying about us. How about let's just kind of think outwardly and say, you know what? (laughs) Maybe I'm supposed to be the encourager. Maybe I'm supposed to be the life giver here. Maybe I'm the dispenser of God's grace. Maybe I'm the one that needs to be looking around and using my words to encourage somebody else. Maybe I'm supposed to be the one that's supposed to be the life giver Like, I am supposed to be the one using what I say to help somebody else every chance I get. And again, like, we want to fix stuff. We're fixers. We want people to get better. We want people to change. But sometimes what we're saying is not having the effect that we think it ought to be having because we know what our motive is. But sometimes our motive doesn't come across in what we say. And so we have to be very measured in how we use our words, but let's be the encourager. Let's be the life giver. Let's partner with him and breathe grace and breathe life into somebody's life. Paul said this to the church of Ephesus in Ephesians chapter four. He said this, let no corrupt or rotten communication proceed out of your mouth, all right? I get that, Paul, so you don't want me to say anything bad. What should I say, all right? But that which is good, useful, useful, to the use of edify. And the word edify is an old word that means to build up. To make stronger. So why do I do that? That it may minister grace unto the hearers. You know what grace is? Grace is something you don't deserve. Grace is getting something that you don't deserve. So, so like I am supposed to use what I say to build up and encourage somebody else. Because just like me, they don't really always deserve it either. So it's not necessarily about what they've earned or what, so so I'm supposed to be partnering with God to encourage. Last year, I preached a sermon about the power of words. And I said two things. I I said, if it is hurtful, skip it. And if it's helpful, say it. And that's just a simple rule of thumb, like if it's, If it's going to hurt them, and here's the truth, if it's worthless or destructive, it's not helpful, don't say it, and 80% of communication is nonverbal, so that means you can't roll your eyes either. And you know what I'm talking about. It's like you you can convey something to somebody without saying a word. Some of you are experts at nonverbal communication. And you know exactly how to get the point across without saying a word. No, if it's hurtful, just skip it. If it's helpful, say it. I want to partner with the Lord to make you better. I want to partner with God. I want to be, I want to be a voice of encouragement in your life. Some of you are just naturally good at that. I mean, even when I lay an egg up here, it's like some of you are like, man, that was a great sermon, Eric. Some of you are like, "Ah, tough week, huh? (laughs) We'll get them next week. Maybe you can study this time. I don't know. But some of you are just great encouragers. And sometimes just a word, Melissa and I were coming to... Gosh, I guess about six, eight weeks ago, we, we, we leave the house about seven, we're driving to church, and I don't know what it was, it was just, I felt the heaviness, like, like I wasn't really really buying into what I was even saying that day, right? It was just one of, those, one of those times when, I don't know if it was just the devil playing with my mind, or me self-doubting, or whatever, you know, and, and Melissa just grabbed my hand, we're driving here, she goes, and I hadn't said anything, she goes, man, it's going to be a great day today. It is going to be a great day today. And that's all she said. But it just flipped a switch in my brain. And I was like, man, that just totally changed my outlook. This is going to be a great day. And what's amazing is that my attitude is is pretty big on determining whether or not it's going to be a great day or not, especially since I'm the one speaking. Right? So it has a big effect. And let me tell you, that phrase that she said changed the whole day. Just some words of encouragement, and that's that's what I'm saying. That's breathing life into somebody else's life. Listen, God created this world with his words. There is power in what we say. Let's partner with him to do that with other people and just breathe life into them by the words that we say. And then finally, speak life-giving words to yourself and your circumstances. Now this is one of the, honestly, I almost left this out because I don't want it to be misconstrued. So I'm not talking about like just like trying to listen to positive stuff. That may be helpful for you, but I'm, I'm going deeper than that a little bit here, I think. Because many times, our toxicity comes from our own mouth and our own mind and what we're saying about ourselves. And I'm not really huge into like positive confession and affirmation but I am into truth and I am into hearing what God has to say and here's the thing God knows everything about who you are and he loves you incredibly and so the things that you need to work on in life don't affect how he feels about you he loves you and he knew you were going to be the way you are And the beautiful thing is he wants to take you from where you are to where you can be. But he's not going to guilt you into that. He wants to make you a better version of yourself. God is sovereign. And I don't pretend to know all about what that is. But God's in control. And God knows who you are. And God knows your circumstances. And God doesn't make mistakes. So whoever you are in whatever situation you're in, he knows, and you're not nothing, and you're not pathetic, you are his workmanship. And he knows what you're going through, and he knows what you battle with, and you will amount to something. You will make a difference in this world. You ever watch a team play in a sport event? And you can, you can lose a game because you defeated yourself. You know what I'm talking about? Like you're just not there mentally. And you can be better than they are or you can, you can run that far or you can lift that much. But if you already defeat yourself, it's over. And in life, it's the same way. We defeat ourselves, not necessarily the circumstance. So what I'm talking about here, when I say speak life into yourself, speak life-giving words to yourself, I'm not just saying complimenting yourself in the mirror. I'm saying agree with God about the truth of who you are in his eyes. So instead of saying, I'm just crazy busy, I can't get it all done, No, God has equipped you and God knows what you're doing and God knows it can be done. I'm just not much, I'm barely average. No, you are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. It's agreeing with God about who God already says you are. I'm never gonna be happy, I'm always gonna be miserable. No, you've got everything you need in life to live the abundant life. More than just happy, abundantly joyful. You have what it takes. So what we need to do is replace the toxic words that we tell ourselves with the truth of God's word. So, so here's the thing. You need to expose yourself to that. right? You need to be listening to the word of God. You need to be reading the word of God. You need to be having this relationship where you know how he feels about you. You can't draw from a tank that's empty. You can't can't get refreshing water out of an empty jug. You can't run on empty. And so if you want to believe the truth about yourself and about what God is saying about you, you have to hear it. So you need to be listening to the Word of God. You need to be reading the Word of God. You need to be spending time with Him so you can hear what He has to say about you. So here's the problem. We value other people's opinion of us higher than we value the opinion that God has of us. And that's why we place so much weight on how you feel about me and how I feel about you and we're all into this horizontal relationship and horizontal affirmation. When if, honestly, if we would just hear the truth from God and it's not that what you say doesn't matter to me, it's that it doesn't become toxic because I already know what God thinks about me. What freedom is there? When I know that God loves me and he's working on me, and I know that I'm not there yet, so thank you. Thank you, I get it, I get it. I know that I'm not there yet. But it's not up to you to point that out to me all the time. It's like, it's like I'm, I'm doing what I think. Yeah, me and God are working on that. It takes the sting out of something like that, because I'm working on it, and I know I need to work on it. Work on this relationship with God. And don't depend so much on the relationship with somebody else. And I said it last week, I'll say it again, it's not fair for me to think that you are going to be what I need to make myself feel good about myself. And it's not fair for you to think that I'm going to be the one that just, you know, pumps you up and makes you feel good about yourself. Because there's a void, there's a hole, there's a gap there that only Jesus Christ can fill. And there is something about this relationship with God that is so soul-satisfying that it takes the sting out of what other people tell us about ourselves sometimes. You know, I don't know how you are. I like, you know, someone compliments me, and I kind of like push that aside. But someone says something negative to me, I'll be up all night thinking about it. It's funny how we are. It's like it's like that's how much weight we place on. Maybe you don't. Maybe you're one of the kind of people that doesn't bother. I wish I was like you sometimes. But 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 it does have an effect. And I need to believe what God believes about me. And I need to take what they're saying, right? And measure it to what God says. And realize that God's working in my life. And maybe I did need to hear that. Maybe maybe that's a reminder that me and God got to work on some more stuff. So we're going to guard our hearts against toxic words. And we're going to speak life-giving words to others and ourselves. I want to use my words as an instrument of God's grace in someone else's life. And not everyone's going to get that because not everyone's in church this morning. So they ain't hearing this. So don't expect to walk out of here and everyone's gonna be really nice to you all of a sudden. What you could do is send this message to somebody and say, you need to listen to this. I'm kidding. But we can determine how it affects us. We can guard our hearts and use our words to help somebody else and partner with God to breathe life Into somebody else's heart and life. And I want to be that. I want to be the encourager. I want to be the life giver. Imagine imagine how that would change your relationship with your spouse if you're breathing life into that relationship. Imagine how that would change your kids if you're breathing life into those children instead of berating them and comparing them. Imagine if you were, you were the, the reinforcer of how God feels about them. What a difference that would make. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We don't have all the answers, and we are glad that you're patient with us. But I pray that we would spend time with you so that we are confident in our relationship with you and how you feel about us. And the truth that you speak about us, help us to guard our hearts, but then help us to speak life to others and ourselves. Help us to use our words as tools to build somebody else up. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.